0: I'm going to dismiss the kids to Sunday school. If you're 11 and under, if you'd like to go to Sunday school. You can make your way out that way. You're going to have a good time there, I think. They seem to always have a good time. Last Sunday, I was preaching. And I heard them preaching right along with me. And I was like, well, pretty soon if I don't shut up, my wife's going to look through the door. and <laughs> She's going to be like, hey. <laughs> Knock it off. <laughs> oh, good times. Um, I have a couple of announcements that I'm going to go over real quick. Um, so Tuesday, this Tuesday on the 31st at 6.30 p.m., we have a special service that we're going to have. Um, uh, individual Jason Brooks is going to come up. He's going he's gonna to preach, teach, something. I'm not sure. We're going to sing a song before... Um, so it'll probably be in here, not in the normal Bible study place, um, but I'm excited. He's a pastor in Fergus Falls. Um, we he, uh, A couple years ago, we went down and helped with um, their building. They did a, it's called a church in a day, but they didn't get it done in a day because Minnesota has different laws and they were the first time <laughs> in Minnesota doing it. Um, and so they didn't get it done in a day, um, Minnesota, like the inspection stuff and It was just kind of difficult. So he um, did it over the course of like maybe a month the church was built. So um, it was pretty uh, pretty impressive anyways. um, And so he's gonna come up here and speak. He's uh, one of our board members. Um, So even that time of year, you know, all the boards gotta get together and stuff. And if you've ever wondered like, well, who's the board here? Um, Jim is one of them. Um, You've heard John preach. Um, John is one of the board members. And then Jason is uh, one of the board members. So if your name doesn't begin with a J, Sorry, no chance you'll ever be on the board. (laughs) Um, And then um, I wanted to uh, mention, February, we're starting a new Bible study series. Um, I will not even call it a Bible study series because it's just a Bible study. Um, On Tuesday night, um, it'll be on Corinthians. And so really, it's as deep as you want it to be because there's not going to be a lesson plan. There's going to be questions. Cindy was like, hey, can you make test questions to make sure that we're studying the Bible? And so I put together, I'm, not, I'm kidding. It's not going to be test questions. It's more so, so that when you read the Bible, you can read it with an intent, like, okay, what, what, what is here in this passage? So um, there's some questions I put together, but then we'll come together on uh, that Bible study night. We'll read the passage and we'll share the different things that stuck out to us throughout the week. Um, and so that's starting in February. I'm excited for it. I haven't loved the last one that we've been in, not because I don't love studying the Bible, but it hasn't really been a Bible study. But this is going to be a Bible study. Right. We're going to study Amen. <laughs> to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not rightly dividing the word of truth. Oh, man. I... Oh, yes. Thanks, Grandma. I mess up that scripture every time I quote it. I should learn it better. <laughs> um, and then the other thing is we've got a couple people that have signed up to help out with cleaning. I should probably be super clear. If you want to help out with cleaning, um, the jobs that we do, we just do it following church. We help out. We just vacuum real quick, um, wipe the bathrooms down, things like that. Vacuum in here. Vacuum in Sunday school. Um, If we have like three or four people that are on there um, each week, we can. It takes no time to do garbage and empty trash and things like that. There's two people on the list right now that have signed up, but there's other people who have told me they want to help out. And so if you told me you want to help out, there's a sign-up list out there. It'd be awesome to get a rotation so you don't have to do it every week. So if there was like eight people that were like, I'll clean, you'd only have to do it like, you know, once or twice a month. And, and I jump in and help and clean too sometimes. I haven't recently, but generally, I'll jump in and vacuum too. It doesn't take long to clean the church. Not a huge space. So, um, and then if you are wondering where your giving statement is, you can yell at Cindy. Cindy, wave your hand. <laughs> there's there's giving statements back there. If you haven't got yours and you're wondering where it is, um, and you can't find it, uh, ask Cindy or my wife. Um, they they do that together. So um, ask them, and then uh, that's it for announcements. Actually, no, it's not. I oh I f- totally forgot this. Um, Joe, there you are. <laughs> the sixth works, right? We yes. do, okay. So the men's night. Everybody say men's night. night. All right. If you're a man, say men's night was weak if you're a woman say men's night. men's
1: night
0: guys why do the girls like always overpower the guys we're just like well, i can't get the words out of my mouth <laughs> just go ahead and tell me it's early it's okay <laughs> men's night it'll be february 6th it's a different night of the week um and that is going to be at 6:30 p.m it'll be here at the church i'm um, going to kick things off again for the new year we've had a little bit of a break from men's night but well, men don't take a break, right? We just go hard. <laughs> All right. Um, let's get started with this today. I'm excited. This is the last um, sermon in this series that we've been in. I want to go to God in prayer before we get started. God, I pray that you'd touch us today. God, I pray that you'd touch each and every one of our hearts, God. you touch our minds, God. Uh, let us hear your word, God, as you would see fit for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you're wondering, like... Um, I, we have notes if you want to go to the website, it's myhope.life forward slash sermons, and there's a little button there, and if you use version, you can pull up all of the notes for this, um, uh, for this sermon. Uh, so if you use version Bible, um, on your phone, you can also find it in the events tab in there. Anyways, let's get started. All right, so we've been talking about Romans 1311 in a roundabout way. We've been talking about awakening. The last thing that we should do is is be asleep. And so true awakening comes when we awaken to our need of salvation and others' need for salvation. That's, That's a real key part right there. We can awaken partially to the need of our own salvation and then never realize that, hey, the person that's sitting next to us is also in need of awakening and in need of salvation. We can never forget the beauty of Calvary and the sacrifice of Jesus. True awakening comes when I realize that I can't do it on my own, and I am in need of a savior. I absolutely believe that I would not yeah. be able to make it today if I was if I wasn't in relationship with God. I, I've made so many mistakes over my life. I have oh my Lord! You guys have heard many of you have heard the story and the life that I've lived, and and I have to say that if without Jesus, <laughs> I'd be a mess. <laughs> without Jesus you definitely wouldn't want me here. <laughs> so in, um, in Romans 13, 11, it says, besides this, since you know the time is ready for the hour for you to awake from sleep, because now our salvation is nearer than we first believed. So salvation is the cure for sleep, should be the cure for sleep. So throughout this today, I'm gonna be talking about what salvation is And maybe someone will disagree with me, and that's okay. I believe in healthy disagreement. But I promise you, everything that I have is backed up in the Word of God. And maybe you've got questions in here. And that's the purpose of coming to church, is because Joe says it a lot iron sharpens iron. When you talk to me, it sharpens me, it makes me study the Word of God. I told Cindy, I was like, Cindy, I'm an entirely different person three years down the road because of the questions you ask me. I'm telling you, if Cindy ever asks you a question, Lord, It brings fear to me because I know she's going to ask me something that I don't know the answer to. I'm going to have to be like, I don't know. So this has been the overarching scripture that calls us to awaken. The purpose of the church is not to sleep but to awaken. Um, And so it calls us to check ourselves. There was a person I knew and they would say, check yourself before you wreck yourself. And you know what? It's so true. Like, how many of us, like, mess up our lives, and then, like, you look down the road, and you're like, oh, man, if I would have just, like, caught this, like, 20 minutes before. (laughs) Sometimes it's like, if I would have just caught this 20 20 years ago, you know, like, I wouldn't be in the mess that I'm in. I've struggled with addiction in my life. I've struggled with mental health. I've struggled with many things in my life, but I'm thankful that I have found my salvation in Jesus Christ. So, salvation is a transition from my way to his way it he died for us right and in the same sense i must die to myself and follow him and so let's continue reading in verses 12 and uh through 14 it says the night is nearly over and the day is near so let us discard the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light let us walk with decency as in daytime Not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual impurity and promiscuity, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. In this writing right here in Romans, it's saying, hey, you have to die to yourself. You don't get, you should not because of salvation. And maybe someone in here will be like, well, I, I, salvation is grace through faith. Yes, it is. It's, it's, it's his grace. And because of your faith come together. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, now I have to die out. It's not my will anymore. It's God's will. I love him. I'm thankful. And so my faith causes obedience and action. Amen. That's one of the most important things. <laughs> I was here in prayer last night and it hit me. The disciples, we talked about them before they were disciples, Jesus calls them, right, as fishermen. And he sends them out into the, he says, let's go out and go fishing again. They're like, but we've done it all night. I think most of us remember that story. And then, and then he gets up and he says, they're fishing. And he says, cast your net on the other side of the boat. And they're like, God, we've done this all night. Well, they didn't say God. They said, Lord, we've done this all night. And uh, I mean, I don't know that they really understood who they were talking to at this point. But on the other side of the boat, they, it's the same lake, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's the, like what's on the other side of the boat. And I said it last week, obedience. And you know what? When, <laughs> when I said it, it was kind of funny, but I didn't even think about it. And my sister was like, wow, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> that was real good. And I was like, yeah, it actually kind of was because it makes sense. Because like, if, if they would have said, no, I don't want to cast on the other side, the fish were there they were ready to be caught, but they would never have had the catch until they were obedient. The same is true with me. I I am never going to receive what God has for me until I become obedient to his will and stop promoting my will and my way the way I want to be. So let's talk about awakening being coupled with salvation. So what does it mean to put on Christ? Galatians 3.27 says, for those of you who are baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. I want to be clothed with Christ. I believe that baptism is one of the most important things that you can do in your walk with God. I believe it, Galatians 3.27 says, for those of you who were baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. I want to put on Christ. Now, there's a whole lot more stuff we can talk about in putting on Christ, but the very basic, the very first thing is, is that I have to come... And understand, you know what? I'm not even gonna say understand. You don't have to fully understand everything that we do because that's part of faith, it's just following God. Scared me for a second, I thought I broke something. (laughs) Okay, so this is not something different that was experienced in the first awakening. Throughout this series, Awaken, we've been talking about the book of Acts, we've been talking about different sections and stories in there. And so this is, let's look and see what happened in the book of Acts. The very first thing that happened was a demonstration of God's power. God's spirit was poured out on them. That was the demonstration of his power. The next thing was conviction came. What must we do to be saved? This is Acts chapter 2, verse 37. They were convicted by the preaching of Peter. and, And then they were like, what must we do to be saved? I would love to be able to preach and people be like, what must I do to be saved? I would love people to to see the need for salvation, to see the need for God to to change their life. And one of the things that we talked about in one of the weeks, is that conviction is not bad. Conviction is a good thing. Conviction is his grace and mercy leading us and guiding us. And what does it say? His rod and his staff shall follow me all the days of my life. Like, I want that because that's what keeps me in the straight and narrow. I need him to correct me. If I'm doing something wrong, God, please, knock me upside the head, please do something. So, third, God's promise and provision is laid out. One of the things at school is promise and, vervi- promise and provision is coupled with salvation. Salvation was the promise, and he made a provision of a way that you could receive salvation. So the very fourth thing here, Acts 2:38 through 39 says, it doesn't just contain the promise, but it pr- contains the provision and declares what salvation is. And in verses uh, 38 through 41, it says, "Peter replied. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children, and for all who are far off, even as many as the Lord our God will call. Amen. Now, this next one right here, these next two scriptures, I think really paint an awesome picture for the action that should follow a person who believes and has faith in God. With many other words, he testified and strongly urged them, saying, Be saved! From this corrupt generation. For those who accept his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added to them. Amen. The start of waking up never feels good. How many of you like when you wake up in the morning, you hit the snooze button, and it's like almost painful when you get out of bed. Like, like I hate getting up in the morning. I cannot stand getting up in the morning, but my dog, Echo, <laughs> Like every morning it's like she's the alarm clock and you can't get her to snooze and so you just have to get up and let her go to the bathroom. She does this like growl bark thing and I have to wait, like, well, you know what? I'm not gonna say I have to wake up. I get up sometimes. My wife is so gracious and she gets up and lets the dog out. <laughs> oh, Thank you, Rochelle, I love you. <laughs> but she gets up and she lets the dog out but it's got this stupid growl bark thing. <laughs> Come on, I just need to snooze a few more minutes. It's hurting my brain to hear you. I get up, and my grandma can attest. I walk out, and she'll say, good morning. And I mumble a couple words like, mm, it is morning. <laughs> is there really a good morning? Like, I mean, <laughs> some mornings, you know, when I'm excited about something, but most of the time, I'm like, oh, I got to go to work. I'm already running late because I snooze too many times. Sleep, waking up from sleep never feels good. It's the same thing in a spiritual awakening, awakening in, in the spiritual world, like it, it doesn't necessarily feel the greatest because God begins to convict. God begins to pour out his spirit, and like all of a sudden things are changing in your life and you're awakening to what God is calling you to do. And all of a sudden you're in this place like, well, I don't, I don't really, I don't know if I like this. So, what is salvation? Let's talk about it. Well, salvation is awakening. I need salvation to awaken. Like, you will not be awakened without salvation you won't have salvation until you're awakened okay it's kind of like it goes hand in hand so what is this this is the part that may bring up questions this may bring up things i may say today and you're like well what do you mean by that i expect you after church to come and ask me what i'm talking about but here's what i'm going to tell you if you could take this one thing away you've got to come to god every single one of us and maybe you're sitting here today and you're like well zach all of us have come to God. We're here at church today. This is not God. But for some of us, we've made church our God. I need a relationship with God. That's what I'm talking about. So salvation is not just a, feel, a feel-good feeling. You will feel good when you are saved, but it's not just boiled down to a feel-good feeling. I believe the goodness of God, and I, will, I believe that I must die to myself just as Christ died for my sins, I must die to my flesh and my will. It must be under, it must be under his will and what he wants for me. So I have come to realize that I can't do this on my own. And that's the part where we've all got to come to. I can't do it on my own. How many of us have tried? to do it over and over again and we mess up we end up in the same places that's doing the same things with the same fear of sphere of, of influence and all of the same problems and all of a sudden you're like god why have you done this to me and he's like i gave you a way of escape but you chose to do it your own way how many times do we just keep going back and going back and we're like mm-hmm. it's kind of sad but i've been there i've been that person so I want to be as close as I can to what was going on in the first church because I see power in the first church, power to overcome, power to cast out demons, power to lay hands on the sick and see him recover. So I believe that salvation is a process that never ends in us. It's a continual process that God is working in us and through us throughout the rest of our lives. It's not just a one day once one one and done all size fits all. It's a God is working in you and through you. The rest of your life. If I if I wanted a one time thing, if 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 God intended for there to be a one time thing, I don't think that Second Timothy three sixteen would have made it in the Bible that talks about instruction and doctrine. I don't think there would be a need for Ephesians four twelve that says the, the talking about the perfecting of the saints. Like I need God's Spirit to work in me to perfect me, which means I need a constant relationship with Him because He's still working on me. There's this song I remember as a kid. He's still working on me. <laughs> uh, that's about all I can. But to make me what I ought to be. Yeah, not what I want to be, but what I ought to be. Oh, I got this Back up. That's okay. Ooh, that's loud. Ooh, okay. <laughs> It'll work. I'm gonna pass this this bottom thing off here though to these guys over here, and they hook me up with some batteries. <laughs> uh all right, where was that? 2 like Timothy 3, 16. Oh, make me what I ought to be, not what I want to be. So I believe that I must repent. When I sin, I try to do better. I make mistakes still to this day. There's days that I wake up and I do things, and I'm like, oh, I should not have done that. God, I'm sorry for my sin because I want to do better. I don't want to continue in a life of sin. Right, Romans, the scripture that we've been in, Romans 13 says, let us walk with decency, as in the daytime, not carousing drunkenness, not in sexual impurity and promiscuity, not in quarreling and jealousy. That's really important. Now, I know this. Let me switch this real quick. Okay, that's better. I can have my hands free so I can wave them around. (laughs) I know this that we can get caught up in one book of the Bible and completely neglect and forget about what things happen. And so when I'm looking at Romans, I take the context of what happened in Acts, and I believe that that's what he was talking about in Romans. He wasn't talking about something new. He wasn't trying to change what had happened. He wasn't contradicting his brother, and he wasn't contradicting Jesus. So I believe that we must repent of sin and try to do better. I believe that when I come to Christ, I must be born of the water and of the spirit. And now this is the part right here that I think that a lot of the church world gets hung up on. They're like, but salvation is grace through faith. And because the Bible says grace through faith um, so that uh, not through works so that any could boast. Right. But why was it? that Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's through the grace of God that I have the opportunity to come to him. None of that is a work on my part. It's obedience to God's word and what he wants in my life. So, Let's read this, John chapter 3, verse 5. It says, Jesus answered, Truly I tell you, unless someone is born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Jesus answered. That was Jesus speaking right there. So none of this is so far-fetched. None of this is so far out there. I believe that as a Christian, when I come, I need to repent. I need to be baptized. And I need God to change my life. I need to be full of his Spirit. I believe that. That's what they preached. That's, that's what the apostles preached. That was was the doctrine that they held to. And so the same thing is echoed here in Acts when Peter said repent, meaning to turn away and to put on Christ is what he said. He He said turn away. That's what the word repent is, to turn away. Like this is what I do a lot of times. I repent and I turn away and then I like come back to it. I don't know. So repentance is a process. Why do I need to die daily like Paul talked about? Well, because I continually, for some reason, go back to the things that I, that God does not want me to do. I go back to the, I haven't been drunk in a long time, so I don't go back to that part, but like the, this part up here in Romans that says that, hey, let us carry our walk with decency. Sometimes I don't walk with decency. Sometimes I let my anger and my attitude rule me and make the decisions for me rather than allowing God to lead me. So, It says here in 1 Peter 3.21, it says, The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It doesn't clean your body. Like, don't get baptized because you are filthy on the outside. It's about the inside it's nothing that you can do. See, this is, the, this is the purpose of understanding baptism. It's nothing that I can do. It's rather the, something that God does in me yes. through his work. So why do, I, why do I preach that? Because if the washing of your spirit towards God, I. the last thing that I want you to think is that you have got to be good to get God. How many of us Take a shower so that we can go back and take a shower in a few minutes so that we're clean when we get in the shower nobody nobody does that nobody stop trying to get good before you get a relationship with god go ahead and give yourself to god and allow him to start making the changes that's what makes you good stop trying to be perfect and have it all figured out well you know what one day i'll go to church when i'm clean and sober when i'm doing this and when i'm living like this You will never make it until you just say, God, I surrender everything that I am. Stop trying to be so bullheaded and thinking that you've got all the control and all the power. I am weak and I am in need of Jesus. Being a strong Christian is coming to the realization that I need a savior. A weak Christian is a person that thinks that they can do it on their own, thinks that they can continue all by themselves. I need to be strong, so I need to put my faith in Jesus. That's what I need. So week three, I mentioned that just because we have a good idea doesn't make it right. So Saul approved of the murder of Stephen. You can read that in uh, Acts chapter 8. It says, it says like there in the very first sentence of Acts chapter 8 that he approved of this. And if you want to read about the murder of Stephen and how they were stoned and how, yeah, how Paul, Saul at the time, Carried the coats of the people that stoned him. Saul thought he had a great idea. He thought he was doing the Lord's work. And this is the problem with everything that is going on in our world today is the church has zero unity in many cases. We like, well, I got this, I like that, I like this part of the Bible. We've got to get on the same page about what the scripture says. I don't care about what a council said. I don't care what a creed says. What I care is what the word of God says. This is what shapes my belief. This is what changes my life. Not what some other man thinks. I don't care who he is, how great he is, how motivational he is. I need Jesus in my life. But Acts 9 takes a drastic turn from poor Saul who thought he was doing the Lord's work. It says, I I, I want you to think about this. Scripture will not always agree with what you think. But it's our responsibility for what we think to agree with Scripture. See how that works? Like, what I'm thinking, it needs to agree with what God's Word says. But however, there are going to be some times, and there have been some times in my life, where what I thought did not agree with Scripture. And I was convicted, and so I had to make changes in my life nobody likes to be told we're wrong like everybody wants to be right right (laughs) go ahead and agree with me so i can be right (laughs) give me this one thing (laughs) acts 9 shows saul knowing who he was taught who knowing who was talking to him in verse 5 he says who are you lord and this right here i am jesus who you are persecuting He's knocked down. He's on his knees. He's blind. Who are you, Lord? He knew who it was. And the response was, I am Jesus who you're persecuting. What if the conviction that you've been fighting and turning away from and and trying to figure out on your own, was God convicting you so that you would stop persecuting him? like, wow, that sounds real mean, Zach. No, it's the truth because he died for our sins. He paid the price for us. And so as I sin, I continually crucify Christ. I don't want to crucify him so that grace can much more abound. I want to live a life that that honors God. Ananias was sent to pray for for Saul. Ananias goes, and I, I think about this, like he has a vision. God gives him a vision ananias is like go pray for this guy who's killing all the christians and i'd be like huh come again god (laughs) you know who that guy is right he like you know that other guy like stephen that they stoned like he was holding his jackets like ananias doesn't say any of those things though according to the bible um he gets up and goes and he prays for for saul and scales fall off his eyes in verse 18 and then he got up and was baptized but here's one thing that's really important. You're like, so how does this tie to me, Zach? I've done all these things. Good, 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 good. Then he went preaching. There's like a whole like process to an awakening. It awakens to my salvation, but then I awaken to the need to share the goodness of God for someone else. So Paul went on to write, follow my example as I follow Christ in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1. Now, I, I struggle with this, like, hey, follow me as I follow Christ. Like, <laughs> Lord, how many of you could say, like, follow me as I follow Christ? Like, I, <laughs> I, just, I don't want to be the one. How about you just follow Christ? <laughs> and follow Paul, he said it. <laughs> and I'm going to struggle. <laughs> I'm going to make mistakes. Uh, I'm going to be tore up many days. <laughs> I'm going to be messed up. So, you know what? But I'm going to do my best to follow God. So here he says in 1 Corinthians 11:1, "Follow me as I follow Christ." And one of the things that blows my mind is it's so clearly depicted in the Bible, baptism, and yet people will argue the fact. Well, I don't need to be baptized. Why are you going to argue it? Like 3,000 people, like on the same day, was like, "Okay, I believe," and they were baptized. Like it's what it says. Like. Verses 40 and 41, like, why, why would we argue with that? There wasn't anyone to be like, Excuse me, hold up. <laughs> Are you sure? Like, I think that they would have recorded that. There was the 3,000 that believed were added to the church. They were baptized, and it's not about being a part of a, a church or anything like that, but they were awakened to and convicted to what yeah. they needed and that they needed a change in their lives. So the early church did this to everyone paul like good old paul like he was like follow me as i follow christ as soon as i came to the realization and the scales fell off my eyes i i was baptized and then i went on preaching jesus in the synagogue so why why do people get up and think they have a new revelation and get to write new scripture and new doctrine man the bible's pretty plain and simple Someone would call that conservative theology. I was listening to a video last night, and they were talking about conservative theology and progressive theology and things like that. And someone asked the question, they were like, well, what do you believe in the Bible then? And he goes, I can't answer that question because I have to know the context and everything. I'll just, I'll simplify it real easy for you. I just, I believe the word of God. That's right. And it's pretty plain yes. and speaks to every part of our life, every part of our heart. And it's, and, and I believe the spirit of God continues to change and shape us to how we should be. So I dare say that in this world, there are many who have started preaching another Jesus. And that just can't fly. Like, I I believe the church should be unified, but I think we need to preach Jesus. I think we need to preach repentance. I think we need to preach lives being changed. I I believe that. we cannot stay the same. If I come to God in 10 years down the road, I'm worse off or the same that I was. What was the purpose of coming to God? I need to be changed. I need a relationship with God because I... I don't want to go back to the drugs. I don't want to go back to the alcohol that I was in. I need a change in my life, a core change. God, change me. I don't want to be the person that's going around in the darkness stumbling. I want to walk in your light. So what do I need to do? Well, first thing, come to God. Just admit it. I, God, I'm a failure. I've been doing this for so many years. I'm a failure. I need you. I have failed at many things in my life. And once I admit that I have failed and that I can't do it on my own, I get the help that I need. Yes. Here, okay, I used the shower analogy early in my, in my sermon, and this is where it actually is supposed to be. But <laughs> let me use the dentist analogy. It hit me yesterday when I was talking to someone about the dentist. <laughs> How many of us brush our teeth before we go to the dentist. Everybody, like, you go ahead and just raise your hand. Like, the dentist is coming. I have flossed that day. I have picked everything out. And just before I go in, I do another little touch on my teeth. And how many of you have walked in and the the dental hygienist go, oh my goodness, your teeth are so amazing. You do such a phenomenal job. You can just go ahead and leave because you don't have anything on your teeth. None of us We still sit there for an hour and let them scrape at our teeth because that little bit of brushing we did that morning did nothing, okay? Stop trying to get good and just go see the dental hygienist. (laughs) Oh, Lord, that's funny. (laughs) Oh, stupid. (laughs) But it's the truth. We we do that for our teeth, but yet uh, we think that it's going to do something in that one time. And sure, maybe it brushes the big chunks off. Yeah, it brushes the steak out of your teeth. Yeah, it maybe brushes the Cheeto chunk, you know, that you got stuck in your back tooth out that you had for lunch. <laughs> That's good, but you still got the dirt and nastiness on there. That's right. So when I come to God... It doesn't matter. I I can't do anything to get to God. I can't do anything to be perfect. I can't do anything. My righteousness is as filthy rags. So what do I need to do? I need to come to God and be like, okay, I messed up on my teeth hygiene. Can you clean me up, please? I need you to change me. It's not a decision that's so. you know what? I will say this. Parents probably make the decision that they're going to go to the dentist. (laughs) But sometimes maybe wives make the decision that you're going to go to the dentist or, or you know whatever, but like I go to the dentist of my own free will. As an adult, I made the decision I'm going to go to the dentist because I want to keep all my teeth as long as I can. You know, like, I, that's, that's what I want to do. And the same thing is true for us in our relationship with God. Every one of us has to make the decision. Nobody can make it for you. Your parents can't make a decision for you. Your family can't. Your, your pastor can't. Your church can't. Your preacher can't. Whatever it is, they can't do it for you. You've got to make the decision for yourself. Okay, I know it was silly, but we all got to come to God. Stop trying to get good to get God. You need God to get good. Amen. Repent we can all repent. Every one of us are guilty. We all make mistakes. So we all have to repent. And so when I fail to repent, when I fail to, when I say that my will is is right, I'm in rebellion with God's will. The Bible talks about rebellion being as the sin of witchcraft. I I don't want to be in rebellion to God. So it, it cannot be my likes, wants, desires that lead me and guide me. It has got to be my relationship with God. Okay, they said repent, be baptized. Let's talk about baptism. I want to be clear. I know that these topics bring up questions. I, they should. They should bring up questions. Like, and I, the question I don't want you to ask me is, am I saved? That's a, that's a question you ask God, okay? Line it up with the word of God and ask God. Don't, don't ask me because I am not the judge or the jury. I'm just the one who's showing you the word of God. So if you've got to make the decision to come to God, you have got to do it on your own. No one else can do that for you. I don't like to baptize people out of hype. Like when people are like, Everybody else is doing it, let's doing it. So I don't necessarily like those scheduling one Sunday, you know, thing, and like, let's have a day that everybody gets baptized. The Ethiopian eunuch in Acts was like, hey, here's water. What's stopping us? So we've always got water warm. What's stopping? Nothing. So I don't baptize babies or small children. Like, you've got to make the decision for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I know sometimes, like, kids, we can be impressionable. They can, you know, they're just doing it because mom wants them to do it. They've got to be able to explain why am I doing this? Because it's, it's a step in your relationship. So <clears throat> you've got to know what you're doing. So I believe in rebaptism. Acts 19 talks about John the Baptist and the disciples um, asking uh, John the Baptist, sorry, asking John the Baptist's disciples. They were like, well, how have you been baptized? And they were like, we've been baptized under John's baptism. And he was like, well, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? And we're like, we don't know that there'll be any Holy Spirit. And so in this, they were like, they taught them, and they were like, well, let me, we need to do that. And so they acted on it in that moment. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and Paul laid his hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. That's verse 5 of Acts chapter 19, if you are wondering. Back check me. When God deals with us, it's time. That's the end of it. I don't want you to do it because I said it. I want you to do it because God dealt with you. You saw it in his word and the need for it. So, the start of waking up is never fun. You may feel conviction. You may feel anger. You may feel, um, you may feel betrayal, isolation, any of those things. You may feel the need for a change. Thank God for that. Thank God that he would deal with you because he loves you, because he cares about you. That is the beginning of God working in you. So, when I ask you, why would you want to stop the work that God has begun in you? When you start to question things, Am, it, it's what I'm doing, right? Maybe it's not you and maybe it's God placing something in your heart and you begin to question, is this pleasing to God? I said someone to yesterday, I was like, they, they were asking me a question about nothing super important, but they were like, well, you know, if I do this or do that, I'm like, look, here's a question you can always ask yourself. Would you be doing that, listening to that, watching that? if Jesus was standing right there with you. Right. And I said it jokingly, like, but it's the truth. Like, there's a lot of things that if, if, if God walked in the room, we'd be like, but why? Like, he's there all the time, but like, we're like, oh, if he walked in, if I could see him, like, tangible, Jesus walk into the room, like, we would change. Why? Would keep doing it anyways. Like, I'm guilty. Like, there's things I need to change in my life. I'm convicted by what I'm preaching. The last thing that happens for each of us. Now, if you like, Zach, all of this didn't apply to me, this will. This right here will play, I, I promise. This, the last thing that happens to us is that we realize that we have the responsibility to preach salvation. Amen. Peter did it. Paul did it. They had the revelation that they needed to speak the wonderful works of God. John's disciples They didn't talk about john anymore they talked about jesus and what he had done paul said i come to you knowing nothing except jesus and him died and crucified and risen again what does that say for you that you don't have to be a theologian to have it all figured out the writer of the book i can't remember which one it is i think it might be corinthians it might be timothy um paul was saying hey i come to you knowing nothing it's okay to know nothing but you know the goodness of God and what he's done for you and through you. So we've got to come to the realization and start preaching Jesus. And I'm not talking about like right here. I'm talking about in your day-to-day life, speaking the love of God. So Paul, he comes to the realization, he started preaching Jesus. And maybe you're like, but Zach, that was Paul. There's another story in the book of Acts. I love it. And I can't remember. It's probably uh, Acts chapter 10 or 11, and it's the jailer. And like the whole jailhouse shakes and jail stores swing open, and the jailer was ready to kill himself, and they stopped him. And they taught him a Bible study. And he was like, oh, I see it. Let me be baptized. And it says that his whole house was saved. And the only thing that I can think of is that man, he went home and began to teach his family what needed to be done. And they were like, we see it. Let's do it. That's the importance is when I am awakened I do it not just myself but for the people around me for my family for my friends your community needs you to be awakened to the need of their salvation not just the need for your salvation so you're tired about hearing him you're tired about hearing the jailer and these common people I have something that I'm excited to share today I'm not going to share it but maybe Last week, I mentioned it, like sharing your story. Come on. And so I'm going to invite Kevin, who's had some changes in his life, and I'm going to let him share his story, and then we'll pray. But go ahead, man.
2: All right. Bear with me because I'm not good at writing stuff down. and reading it in front of people, but we'll get through it. Um, My name is Kevin. How he led me here to share with you guys my experience and all that fun jazz. Um, pick first. So have you guys ever been a slave of fear? I know I have. Before moving to DL, let's just say, I was in a bad spot in my life with addiction, ten years of drug use. Like most, like, like most things, they don't seem bad, but you learn at least to nothing good. Along with addiction, I struggled emotions, being a parent, my my responsibilities, I felt very alone. Soon, I started to accept what my life was becoming was true. What I do, um, what I do want to say, all the self-doubt, negative thinking, drug abuse that I was doing, um, the devil was pretty much there with me, I believe, you know, and like, I knew God and Jesus were watching, but When you're trying to win the war on your own, they really can't help you, you know, unless you open that door for him. It came to the point where I was, you know, scared a lot of my thoughts, my life, you name it. I was constantly stressed out. Um, The day I questioned, you know, who I was as a person, scared the crap out of me. Um, I really didn't know what was true anymore. With that being said, you know, like, I eventually met my Grandma and Dad at a restaurant and told them I was gonna go get sober, go to treatment. And you know they just nod their head like you know we heard that before pretty much. You no, know, they try to help me and you only I help so long until you know you're enabling the person. I feel like so. But that time I left everything at my house, left my house and came to DL. Um, a friend of mine showed me the Compassion House here in town. And like one part I remember, I remember reading. The name on the building and like below it, it said, uh, "The darkness, man, give some water. I'm getting dry up here." <laughs> <I'm> lying, sorry, <laughs> but it said, um, "For the light that entered the darkness." And when I read that, like it scared me. Um, I really didn't know if I should be there or if I needed to be. Like I was just nervous about the whole thing. So, um. So, yeah, I um, walked in the door and they accepted me in. Um, every morning there was Bible study. I don't know if you guys know Tom Cummings, but he uh, runs Bible study. And uh, the second day there, he uh, invited me upstairs to talk to me. He said he likes to talk to all the new people. And um, I told him about myself. He told me about him. And he proceeded on telling me, you know, if I put my trust in God and Jesus, you know, that he has a plan for me and everything will be all right. So he asked me if he could pray for me. And, like, crying wasn't you no know, stranger to me because I cried a whole bunch during my drug use, you know, to my dad. My kids felt it, all of that. Um,
1: shortly after,
2: you know, me being in treatment, I started going to a Christian Fellowship again, church over there, and I had a men's, uh, men's group every Sunday that I went. And, again, I had a group of guys, you know, praying for me, you know, praying for my kids, my ex, my life, and. They had no idea who I was, you know. So the power of prayer was something magical, magical to me. It felt good. I thought um, I find where I was now because I read a bunch. I just had to memorize almost. But. <laughs> you're doing great. Uh, and it's something really cool to see when um, you're in that position and you have, you know, faithful servants of God. You know, that's what God wants us to do, is to share the word of his and uh, help the person next to you. Um oh yeah, okay, and then like one thing I gotta share, like I grew up learning about God and you know, going to Bible camp and one summer I you know accepted Jesus into my heart when I was a kid and that moment was very emotional too, but I just never opened the door the door for him to be like my friend and you know, to walk with him. I never did that in like, my as a kid, like, you really don't. You're just busy growing up and having fun. But when, you know, those people prayed for me, you know, I started to realize that moment. As I was a kid, you know, God never left me, you know. He was always there for me. Amen. Amen. And I really believe with all my heart, you know, that Jesus is the reason why my life changed. Um, in treatment, like, all the classes, like, um, that really didn't mean much to me. It really didn't help me, I don't think. It was, it was all, like, common sense stuff, like, oh, you're not supposed to doing it, you know. Right. So, like, you know, Jesus, you know, made my heart filled with happiness and, you know, peace and I knew that was the key. Um, um, so, yeah, you know, I can, like, read my devotions every morning before work, puts a smile on my face. It starts my day off right. Um, you know, when I was using, like, nighttime. I mean, like now, like now, I pray with my kids. I hold their hands. And we pray, and give giving thanks to God. God. Amen. Amen. Yeah, <coughs> but yeah um, I'm grateful for him. You know, I and mean, I still mess up. I'm not perfect, um, but knowing where I was a long time ago, and knowing the darkness I was around me, playing in the devil's playground of distractions. I'll never forget, um, or I will never forget um, who got me out, and that was Jesus Christ. Amen. Soon I graduated treatment, um, I met Zach through a friend, and uh, Zach has been there for me for support, help, advice, ever since I did, I was baptized here, I don't know if you guys were. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Um Yeah. The, great thing about it to me is we're all children of God, and we're all brothers and sisters and, and, and we're here to help each other and I love his church and all you guys. and then um, we love you too. Thank you. Uh, that, yeah, the happiness can be found in his name. I know by sharing my story, hopefully you guys can find some inspiration and, um, with me telling you guys. but
1: yeah, I just know he pulled
2: me out of a dark place.
0: Let's just give God thanks. God, we thank you, God, that you do that.
1: Zach, can I share something? I hate to just, like, drop this, but
2: it's... Okay. So when we were uh, singing that first song... Um, anything is possible, it's possible. It occurred to me that so many of the things that we're dealing with are impossible with man, right? But the word of God says, yeah, with God, yeah, all things are possible. Yeah. It also says, all things are possible through him who believes. It's not It's not um, like
1: anything that we can do. It's our yeah. faith and our belief yeah. in him. And I feel like everything that's been said today was just um, kind of leaning into that. So with man, it may be impossible, but you guys, with God, all things Amen. are possible,
0: Amen. I was just about to say something along those lines. He's not up here boasting about the works that he's done. He's boasting about the goodness of God. When I talk about my past, I'm not boasting about what I've done, but I'm boasting about his goodness and the beauty of Jesus Christ and what he's done in our lives. That's what it's about. That was a Bible study. That was him saying, look what God has done in my life. You can support all of that in Scripture. I'm so thankful that God loves us, that he cares for us. And I want to tell you today if you're struggling, if you're going through something in your life, if you're if you're at a point in your life where you just you, you you you've got to admit, God, I need it. This is your day. Why don't you make this the day? Why don't you make this the moment that God touches us, that that that, that God moves in your life. This this place, this right now, God can move and touch your life. And I ask you right now, if you need prayer, if, you, if you're struggling with some things in your life, and it may feel awkward, but I want you to come to the front. I want to pray with you because I believe that it's through the power of prayer that lives are changed. It's through the power of prayer that demons are, sh- are shaken, that they stutter. It's at the name of Jesus that hell shakes. God, we thank you for meeting us here today. God, that you would move in every heart and every life. In Jesus'
1: name. In Jesus.
0: Before you leave today, I want you to take these two questions with you because I believe that you can talk about these. I believe that you can write it down. Here's the questions. What aspect of your story can you share with someone this week? Is there something that God has done with you in your story that you can share with someone to encourage them, to lift them up, and to talk about the goodness of God? How does your story show the goodness of God? We heard it today. He got up and talked about the goodness of God in his life. How does your story speak of the goodness of God? God, as we leave this place today, we thank you for everything that you're doing, God. Every heart that you're changing, every life, God. God, I pray you would touch and move, God. In Jesus' name, and why don't you shout out amen. Amen. God, we thank you. Hallelujah. You're dismissed. Have a great day. Be sure to tell someone hello. Give someone a high five.